Whether you are new to the living healthy lifestyle or a healthy living veteran, this is the place for the honest answers to your questions. Naturally Savvy with registered holistic nutritionist Andrea Donsky and health journalist Lisa Davis on RadioMD.com. This is Lisa Davis with Andrea Donsky. More and more, we are hearing the words, hello, dear, fair trade and sustainability. Well, what does this mean and why is it so important? Well, we have got the fantastic Signia Rapp from Melt Organics. Hello, Signia. Welcome to Naturally Savvy. Hi there. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's so nice to have you on. You know, whenever I see the fair trade label, I get excited. I tend to mostly get uh, lots of fair trade dark chocolate and I tend to eat a lot of it. So I'm doing my part. <laughs> but anyway, I want to learn more and I want to learn about the sustainability side. So jump right into this fascinating and important topic. Uh, well, uh, <clears throat> there are several reasons to consider fair trade in terms of your purchasing options, not just for consumers like you that are interested in products like chocolate or whatnot, but also for sure. manufacturers like us that are making these products. And the reason why we have felt so strongly about it is because wherever the first world intersects with the third world, exploitation is always an issue. And so we have a responsibility uh, being in business to take ownership of what those potential impacts are. And so all of the ingredients that we're sourcing in third world countries, such as virgin coconut oil and palm fruit oil, we are um, adamant about sourcing as, as a fair trade ingredient. And that's with, with specific certifying bodies, meaning the IMO, Fair Trade USA, or Flow, because those are the ones that really have uh, the best reputations and have the most meaning behind their certification. Uh, the reason you would go after fair trade certification is because uh, oftentimes the farmers at the most basic level are left out of the success and growth in the market for the particular um, product that they're making. So, for instance, with virgin coconut oil, um, you could even see it as a potential sourcing issue in the long term, but you have farmers getting out of harvesting coconuts because while the market for coconut oil and coconut products is booming, they're being paid literally pennies. And so wow. there's an obligation there to make sure that they get to enjoy the success and growth of that market as, as, as much as anyone else. And that's where the fair trade certification comes in. You know, I was going to ask you that, Signias, you know, for those who are listening that, you know, they probably heard fair trade, heard about fair trade, they heard about sustainability. And what is exact, what exactly does that mean? And I think you answered that is that the farmers, the people who are growing these products are actually getting paid fairly. Pay, it's also fair wages, correct? So does it all, is it all encompassed when we, th when we talk about fair trade and sustainability? Uh, well, there's, there would be some different nuances there. Sustainability is much more encompassing in terms of accounting for the environmental impact, carpet footprint and whatnot when you're talking about uh, the production of a product all the way through its life cycle down to the consumer, how it's recycled, how those materials are reused again, whether they're composted or put back into some kind of a recycling system for reuse. Fair trade would be something that falls within a sustainability umbrella. Uh, okay. There's Fair trade doesn't necessarily take into consideration environmental impacts. It does to the extent where fair trade uh, certification is going to require um, more thoughtful and productive forms of farming. And oftentimes, really in every instance I can think of, fair trade, if, if a material is certified fair trade, it's also certified organic. 
so you are addressing the issues of, of you know, some of the environmental issues associated with conventional agricultural practices in addition to the, the human and social impacts. So fair trade is a component of sustainability, but sustainability okay. actually incorporates a much larger range of issues. That was a great answer. Very well explained. Thank you. You know, I'm wondering, do you see, you know, obviously running Melt and speaking to consumers on a regular basis, do you find that consumers care about these issues, that when they're looking to buy a product, that they care about where the palm oil came from or they care about where the coconut oil came from? Absolutely. Um, You know, and that has partly to do with really uh, the motivation behind creating this company, therefore the types of consumers that we attract to purchase our product. So, uh, you know, this was, as you know, this was originally founded to serve a, a personal health need, but also within my my sort of moral compass, I guess you could say, sustainability is a big deal for me as well as environmental impacts of doing business. Mm-hmm. And so because we are in, you know, the butter category, butter substitute category, you're talking about a really a, a, a broad generalization that nearly every product in that category uses conventional oil, supports conventional farming practices, doesn't really care about human um, social issues as much. And so the people that are seeking out our product and purchasing our product are, are deeply concerned, uh, especially since it's a, a, it's a vegan product. And so uh, mm-hmm. I would say the palm oil is probably the biggest concern with, con- mm-hmm. with, with consumers because that's the raw material that they have the most education around, and it is right. absolutely legitimate, which is why we are thrilled to be part of the solution. Hmm. And I think that's great. And I think that's why people want to buy your product. I mean, and, you know, notwithstanding the fact that it doesn't have any trans fats, which is, you know, very common in the margarine or the butter or that I guess the spread category. So that's why we love Melt. And we've been working with you guys for a long time and we support what you do. And not only the product, you know, I've been talking, Lisa, and I know you and I have talked about this is also the people behind the brands that we work with and knowing you and knowing Meg and knowing Andy, all the people that you have at Melt. I mean, you guys are an incredible company and that's why we want to make sure that, you know, for those of you who are listening, you're supporting the brands that are, that care about us, right? They care, you care about your consumers and that's what makes you so special. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's something that really does come from the inside, which is then expressed externally and not the other way around. It's not that when we were formulating the product and getting this off the ground, we were pulling people for what they want. It was really a, um, you know, a, a compass-driven type of mission, and that's how we've executed against it, and that is a reflection of our personal values and what we feel needs to change in the food industry. And so we're always happy and thrilled to work with like-minded people, and, and we have loved working with you guys over the years. We think you guys are mm-hmm. great. <laughs> Thank you. No, oh, that's <laughs> well, so it's nice. Reciprocal. <laughs> Now, Signe, I know that you were placed on a restrictive diet, no wheat, red meat, hard cheese, butter, peanut butter, and more. And wasn't that part of the reason for this to be like, okay, I, I'm not getting enough fat in my diet because they're taking these things away. And uh, tell us about that. Because so many people have restrictions out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, <laughs> I was dying. <laughs> At least that's what it mm-hmm. felt like. So um, I am not someone who... Um, thrives on a low-fat or a, um, I'm not someone who thrives on a low-fat, low-protein diet. I don't think anyone is, but I was having some, first of all, I was having a suite of of chronic digestive 
disorders that I didn't understand what they were because back in 2002, there just wasn't the lexicon or the language or the awareness around what that really was or what it meant. So that took a couple of years of, you know, school turn knocks and self-education to kind of wrap my mind around what this was, how it how it developed, and then how I used nutrition to solve that problem since the prescription route was 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 not a choice that was viable for me or sustainable or gave me long-term predictable results. And so when I was placed in this restricted diet and had my normal source of fat protein taken out, I had major issues with hypoglycemia on top of that. And so that was when I began researching coconut oil, which back at that time in the mainstream level was being vilified. But when I began incorporating that into my diet within 24 hours, it was it was night and day difference. I mean, obviously there were a suite of tools that I was employing to find my path to wellness again, but coconut oil played such a huge role and I didn't really matter to me what others, I mean, I had my own personal experience of what could be grounded around what the potential is for virgin coconut oil. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, no, that was, free. that was really how it began. Uh, you know what? I agree with you. And there's good fats, there's bad fats. And the key is for people to understand what the good ones are and stay away from the bad ones like trans fats if you're going to be eating any type of spread. Signia, thank you for being on our show today. You can learn more about Signia and Melt at MeltOrganic.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at MeltOrganic. I'm Andrew Donsky with Lisa Davis. Stay well. Stay well.